0: Hey, this is Pastor Matt. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and we pray it speaks to you in a life changing way. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's see, we're going to turn to Hebrews today. Amen. If you have your Bible, say Amen, or something equivalent to a Bible. Amen. How many is ready to receive something good from his word today? Hallelujah. Let's look at this together. We've been looking last week. We looked, it started at this subject of I believe. I believe. I believe. And uh, we dove in a little bit into what it is to believe. Uh, what do you believe? That's what we were talking about. What do you believe? Are you a believer today? Uh, believing is vital to a walk with God. It's It's of utmost importance. We see a story in John chapter 11, verses 25, 26, 27. Lazarus has died. Jesus has showed up on the scene. Martha runs out to see Jesus, and Jesus asks her a question that is such an important question. He says something like this, do you believe? A simple question, do you believe? And she made a statement. That blows my mind. She says, Yes, I believe. I believe you're the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe in who you are. I believe it with all of my heart. No one could tell me any different. I know you're the Messiah. I know you're the chosen one. I know you're the Son of God. Yes, I believe. I believe. It's one thing, it's one thing to say. I believe. It's another thing to understand what you believe. She didn't just say, yes, I'm a believer. No, she stated exactly what she believed. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you're the Messiah. I believe you are the Chosen One. We looked a little bit, John 3, 16, 17, 18, and 19. A very well-known passage of Scriptures. John 3, 16, maybe the most well-known passage, verse of all. Uh, And it describes two separate people. This little passage, Jesus is describing two separate people. and, And he identifies them as one who believes and one who does not believe. One who is a believer and one who is not a believer. And he says the one who is a believer has eternal life. The one who is not a believer is already condemned. And there is no eternal life. And I'm reading this scripture and I begin to realize how important it is that we are believers that we are the ones that he's talking about who have eternal life. We need to be believers. We're not all created equal. We're not all created the same. Some of us have abilities others don't have. Some of us have charisma that others don't have. Some of us uh, have are financially set when others aren't. Some of us have impact on people that others can't. I get that. We have influence where others may not. We're not all create, created equal, but God made a way, this avenue that God has chosen for us all to come to Him is by way of belief. And it puts us all on a level playing field. Everyone comes to God the same way. And it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter who you are. God's not impressed with what you have. He's not impressed with what you've done. He's not impressed with what you've accomplished. What we read in John 3, 16, 17, and 18 is He's impressed by if we believe. So the question is today, are we a believer? If so, what are we believing? We we see, according to John chapter 3, it's the one thing that God will judge us by. Jesus himself is saying in this book of John that, that God will judge us by if we believe or not. Not by how many times you go to church, and not by how loud you sing during worship, and not By if you raise your hands, he's not going to judge you by if you worked in children's church necessarily or Sunday school. What he's going to judge you by is are you a believer? The reason is there's all kinds of people going to church today, sitting in pews and are involved, who are not believers. And Jesus makes it very clear if you're not a believer, you're condemned. You're condemned. So the question is are we a believer? Are we a believer? What, what we do matters, of course it matters. I'm not suggesting that what we do doesn't matter. But, but beyond that is, do we believe? We talked a little bit about belief changes our behavior. We've got a lot of people who have learned how to behave, but they're not believers. God's not interested in someone who is, has a learned behavior. He's interested about, with someone who became a believer. Who chose to believe? Believe behavior takes a back seat to belief. We, uh, you know, I, I think we can understand that. That as parents, once you have the belief, you can get the behavior. Sometimes, as parents, we we struggle because we say something and then we don't follow up. And I last week, I believe it was, we had a gentleman leading one of our groups and. And he said, growing up, I knew when my dad said it, he meant it, and it was going to happen. And it, and you know what that created? It created a belief in him, and that belief created a certain behavior. Because, because I believe he's going to follow up on what he said, I might want to behave while I'm here. Well, belief gives birth to behavior. And we see this in Scripture, Right? So last week we looked at what do you believe? What do you believe? Are you a believer? Do you believe He's the Son of God? Do you believe He's the Messiah? What do you believe? This morning we're going to be looking at, I know it's not grammatically correct, but we're going to be looking at what are you believing for? And I had to word it that way because they both start with what, right? So uh, for what are you believing doesn't really sound right. So I'm going to stick with what are you believing for? We live in Missouri. We all get that, right? What are you believing for? What do you believe? That has to be established in each and every one of our lives. What do you believe? Do you really believe Jesus died on the cross for you? Do you really believe he's the son of God? Do you really believe God is our maker and creator? Do you really believe that? So we, last week, what do you believe? This week, what are you believing for? Receiving from the Lord is always done by faith. And this may be a little bit more teaching this morning than anything. I don't know. But receiving from the Lord is always done by faith. It always begins with belief. When we receive from God, when we're praying, God, I need you to do something. I need need you to move. I need to receive something from you today. The way we receive from God is by the avenue uh, by which we go to God, and that is faith. It's the way that we receive. It's, the, it's the, 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 the design that God has created is for us to believe and then we can receive. It doesn't matter if it's something big and overwhelming. It doesn't matter if it's something small and it seems meaningless to many people. It doesn't really matter the size of the answer that we're looking for or the thing that we're trying to receive. It's more about do we believe that God's going to do it. Do we believe that he can do it? Do we believe that he's going to do it? James chapter 1 says, if if we lack wisdom, is what he says, you could write in there just about anything. If we are lacking, we should pray. If we're lacking, we should pray. We should ask. But then he says, but you must ask in faith. You must stir some faith in with your prayer. You must stir some uh, belief in with your what you're asking God to do. Mark 11, Jesus says, whatever you ask in prayer, you must believe. And then you can receive it. Whatever you ask in prayer, Jesus says, it doesn't matter what it is. Whatever it is that you're asking in prayer, you must believe. There has to be an element of belief behind your prayer. There has to be an element of faith that, that is mixed in with your prayer ask and believe. Now, we've got the asking down pretty well. We've got the, I'm willing to ask God. I'm willing to pray. I'm willing to seek. We've got that down pretty well. My question is, but what are we believing for? Not what are you asking for? What are you believing for? There's a difference because I can ask for all kinds of stuff. When I was a kid, Christmas time came around, I've told you before, Christmas was always a big deal at our house. And I remember, does anyone remember, I don't know what you guys got out here, but in West Virginia, we could get the JCPenney catalog. Does anyone remember that, those days? I'd get that JCPenney catalog, mom would pick it up at the store, I guess, and, and we'd, I'd sit down at the house and I'd start flipping through the pages, and I'd get back to the toy section, Right? where the good stuff was, and I'd start looking. And I'd take a marker, and I'd mark stuff that, you know, like just in case she looks. These are some things I may want. Underline, highlight it, circle it, whatever you had to do to get your mom's attention. I, I mean, we can ask all we want, right? But then the question is, but what are you really believing that you may receive? What are we believing for? Not what are we asking for, what are we believing for? Jesus says, whatever you ask in prayer, you must believe. If we're going to pray and we're going to expect God to move, if we're going to take time to pray, and I say this sometimes here, but it's very true. If we're going to take our time to pray, we might as well go ahead and believe for whatever it is we're praying for. We might as well go ahead and believe that God's going to do it. We might as well go ahead and believe in faith that he's going to move. We might as well go ahead and accept that even as we're praying. God, I'm asking you, but I know you're going to do it. I know you're going to move. I know you're able to. And I'm trusting in you and I'm believing in you to do this very thing for me. Let me show you a scripture. It's in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the faith chapter. If you're ever going, boy, I need my faith to be renewed and grow, go read chapter 11 of Hebrews. It's the faith chapter. Hebrews chapter 11, it just goes through some people in the Bible who who had faith. Paul's writing this, and he gets to verse 11, and he mentions someone that I find it interesting that he mentions. He mentions Sarah. That would be Abraham and Sarah from the Old Testament, the lady who had a baby when she was way too old to have a baby. And God moved on her. And and the scripture says this, by faith, and the King James says, by faith. Everyone say, by faith. By faith. Not Not by all of her good acts, not because she was kind, not because she helped the food pantry. It was by faith. By faith. By faith. Look what it says, by faith Sarah received, by faith Sarah received, by faith Sarah received, and it's interesting how it words this, by faith Sarah received the power to conceive. She received something that she did not have. She received something that was by all accounts impossible. Every physician in the world would have said, no, Sarah, you can't have a baby. It's not going to happen. Every friend of hers would have said, you're too old. It's not possible. It's out of, outside of the realms of possibility. It's outside of the realm of your ability. It is not going to happen in your life. But it says, but faith, by faith, Sarah received. So how do we receive today? By faith. By faith, we receive Even if it's too big, even if it's impossible, it's done by faith. We know that Scripture says all things are possible. All things are possible to those who what? Believe. Believe. What are we believing for? What are we trusting God for? What are we, what not, what, and we have to pray, I get it, we have to ask for it. And sometimes I pray for things and even when it's coming out of my mouth, I'm going, oh God, that's, that's too much, that's too big, that's too difficult. I'm not asking you what are we asking for. I'm asking you what are we believing for. Because that is the key to receiving. Asking and believing. Asking in faith. I thought of, a, uh, I thought of uh, this, uh, I brought a picture of it with me actually, a picture of a, a bridge. Uh, I've got it here somewhere. This is the New River Gorge Bridge in West Virginia. It's where we're from. Back in the 70s, they built this bridge. It was the longest steel arch bridge in the world, 3,000 feet long, this bridge. It's a beautiful bridge. It was the highest roadway bridge in the world at nearly 900 feet when they built it. This bridge, what it did, it it bridged the gap between two mountains, and there was this enormous gorge, the New River Gorge. You can go there. We whitewater rafted there. Austin was with us one time. We went whitewater rafting in that New River Gorge, and beautiful area of the world. But, But it was extremely difficult to get from one mountain to the other mountain. In fact, you couldn't just get over there. But when they built this bridge, what it did was it made an easy avenue to get from where you are to where you was needing to be. God created this way for us to receive from Him. To get you from where you are to where you need to be. And that way is by faith. Now I understand Jesus bridged the gap, right? We get that. Jesus bridged the gap between man and God. He made a way for us to get to God. He bridged that gap. But the way you cross that bridge is by faith. There's no other ways of crossing that bridge. There's no other way of getting there other than by faith. There's no other way of receiving from God other than by faith. There's no other way of getting to God other than by faith. You must exercise your faith in order to receive from God. There has to be an element of belief. There has to be an element of faith when, when they constructed this bridge, it was to get people from where they are to where they need to be. When God sent His Son, it was to get you from where you are to where you need to be. It bridged the two mountains. It bridged the big gap that we couldn't cross on our own. And now that the bridge has been built, now it's up to us to go, I need to cross the bridge, and I cross the bridge by faith. I cross the bridge because I believe that's how we cross the bridge. I know Jesus was the bridge that 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 filled the gap. But for you and I today, our part is to believe. Our part is to believe. The only way to to go from the natural to the supernatural. The only way to tap into that That supernatural move of God, that supernatural ability of God is by faith. Here's the sad truth. There are many Christians living in this world today who have never really crossed that bridge. Now, now, they've crossed the bridge in faith to receive Jesus. They get the bridges there and they've come to God. But when you start going, but now it's time for us to go from the natural to the supernatural. Now it's time for us to really start trusting God to move in our lives. Now it's time for us to start asking and believing. Now it's time for us to start trusting God in ways we've never trusted Him. Now it's time for us to tap into that supernatural. There's many Christians who have never done that. They've never actually gotten from the natural to the supernatural. And here's why we're not willing to exercise our faith in order to do it. Because that's the only way to do it. Like the worship team can't sing you into that. And a preacher can't preach you into it. And you can't podcast your way into the supernatural. You just can't do it. The only way to get from the natural to the supernatural and start believing for God for, for things that are impossible and start believing for for things that, that He can only God can do. The only way to get there is by faith. And I want to challenge us, and I hope the Holy Spirit challenges us, to start stretching our faith today. What are you believing for? Some of us kind of walked in here and going, well, I don't know if I'm believing for anything. We ought to be believing for something. We ought to be praying for something. We ought to be trusting God for something. And I'm not talking about something you can fix on your own. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about, we ought to be trusting God for something. That I, I've got to cross the bridge for I've got to step out on the bridge in faith for i got to believe for something. And, and that, that moves us from the natural to the supernatural. Let me show you something about your Christian rock, walk real quickly. If you stay in the natural, your Christian walk's going to get boring real quick. Do you know why people jump from church to church all the time? Because in the natural, I need to be entertained. And after a while, that gets boring. So I need to go to the next place. And I need to go to the next place and to the next place and the next place. But when we learn to start stepping into the supernatural, one thing that will cause an end to Christianity boredom is stepping into the supernatural. Seeing God move in ways that you just didn't even know He could move. Trusting Him to do things you didn't even know. I mean, you're asking for things that's so big that people are looking at you like they would have Sarah and went, you're crazy. It can't happen. It's too big. You're too old. It's, it, whatever the case, it's too impossible. But when God moves and makes it happen, you know it's come from the supernatural and you tapped into that by your faith. By believing. It took faith. It took faith for Moses. It took faith for Moses to stretch a stick out over a sea of water. But when he did it, the sea split. It took faith for Peter to step out of a boat into the water. But when he did, he walked on the water. It, it took faith for the disciples to, that have been fishing all day and they're wore out to throw their nets on the other side. But when they did, they caught a boatload of fish. It took faith. It took faith to cross from the natural to the supernatural. Naturally, there's a sea and you can't cross it. Naturally, you can't walk on water. Naturally you don't just throw a net out again and fill your boat full of fish. Naturally that doesn't happen. but by faith, you step from the natural into the supernatural and that's when only God. that's when God can do what only God can do. It's when we step out in faith and believe. Now, it's a choice. You can, you can stay on this side of the sea if you want to. And you can stay safely in the boat if you want to. And you can come home again with no fish if you want to. But if you want to see the sea split, and you want to see the boat filled with fish, and you want to be the one walking on the water, that's only done by faith. You've got to believe. What are we believing for? Is our faith being stretched? Is it, is it growing? Uh, is, it, is, it, is it being exercised in ways that it hasn't been exercised maybe ever? Trusting God to do something that maybe I've never seen God do. Believing God to provide in ways maybe I've never seen God provide. Healing a body when I don't know if I've ever prayed for someone to be healed. Expecting God to move, trusting God to move, asking God to move, believing that He's going to move. What what we see from those in the Bible who were believing for the supernatural is this. They acted on their faith. Every one of them. Every one of them. They acted on their faith. Peter believed and he acted on it. Moses believed and he acted on it. They they trusted, they trusted God. They heard his voice. And they trusted him. First things first, let me say this real fast. First things first, they heard his voice and they knew it. They didn't take someone else's word for it. I'm talking about believing for God this year for things that are bigger than you've ever believed God for. I'm talking about asking God and trusting God to do something in your life this year that was greater than you've ever trusted God for. To move in ways you can't even, I can't even believe I'm asking it myself. But I know God's a big God. And, and, I, and I trust Him to do it. And, and when we start doing those things, we've got to hear God's voice. Let me just say, say, uh, say this real quick. Before you step out in faith in some great big way, you need to know that you heard God. I, don't, don't sit there and go, well, the pre, I heard a preacher one time say, I don't, I don't care what any preacher ever said to you. You need to hear God's voice yourself. But I I had a prophet come and he prophesied over me or she prophesied over me. I don't care what they prophesied over you. You need to hear God's voice yourself. And then when you hear God's voice, exercise the faith. How do I exercise my faith? You gotta step out and do it. You gotta step out of the boat. You gotta cast your net on the other side. You gotta you gotta hold your rod out over the water and let God split the sea. Moses didn't split the sea, he just did what God told him to do. Peter didn't really walk when he walked on the water, but he just did what Jesus said to do. He heard his voice, step out of the boat, I'll step out of the boat. Put your rod over the water, I'll put my rod over the water. I'm just doing what I hear in faith. But something that we see all through the Bible is God moves in the supernatural when people were willing to exercise their faith by doing and acting on their faith. They acted in obedience. Moses did what God requested. Peter just did what Jesus said to do. Actions will always be required when it comes to your faith. Every time. Actions will always be required. True faith demands. True faith produces action. It produces it. It demands it. It's why belief always supersedes behavior because True faith demands action. Do you know why Christians should live differently than what the world lives? Because faith produces action. And things begin to change in our lives. It begins to happen. It begins to shift. It begins to change us from the inside out. I was thinking of this chapter 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 9 of Matthew. If you have your Bible, turned there with me. I want to wrap up with this chapter this morning. But it is a long chapter. Matthew chapter 9, verses, verses 1 and 2. If you have your Bible opened up or your phone opened up. Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Some men brings this paralytic man to Jesus. And, and uh, Jesus sees them and recognizes what's going on. They carry this paralytic man to him, and and then in verse 2 it says, seeing their faith, seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, have courage, son, your sins are forgiven. Seeing their what? Faith. How did he see their faith? You don't see something unless it's action right? they He saw their faith because they carried the paralytic man to him. And seeing their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven. And that just upset some people. And it's like, who does he think he is saying something like that? Your sins are forgiven. And then in verse, verse 6, that same story, verse 6, he says this, uh, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins, then he told the paralytic man, get up take your stretcher and go home. Get up and take your stretcher and go home. They, Jesus saw their faith, and because they had the faith, he heals the man. He says, instead of laying there, get up, take your stretcher, and leave. And the young man had to act on his faith. And his body and his legs began to work and his body began to form and reform. And he stood to his feet and he just wrapped up his bed and he walked home. All because of faith. He says it right here. I, seeing their faith. Seeing their faith. And then verse 18. Skip on down a little bit. Verse 18, as he was telling them these things and his teaching a little bit. Suddenly, one of the leaders came and knelt down before him. And he said, my daughter just died. Come lay your hands on her and she will live. Wow. I was reading that this week and I was thinking, man, that's faith. I mean, that is faith. When, when your daughter has died and you look up Jesus and you go, I'm still believing. I, I just don't think it's ever too late, God. I, I think you're able and I trust you. And, and if, if, if it's meant for her to live, I need you to come and lay hands on her and make it happen. And Jesus recognized something in this man because he got up and he said, Disciples, let's go. We got a job to do. And he starts walking through out of the town to get to this man's house. And, and then in verse 20, in the meantime, a woman who had been sick for years is sitting in her house and she hears Jesus coming and she looks out her window and the crowd that's coming with, her, with him and she says to herself, the Bible says, if I can just reach the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. And she goes outside as he's going down the street with the mob of people and even though she wasn't supposed to be around others, and even though it was against the law at that time, she pressed her way through the crowd, trying to find the middle, trying to find the place where Jesus was. And as she pressed through, she stretched out her hand and she just touched his garment. And just like that, she was made whole. Body was healed. Jesus stopped. He stopped. Can you imagine all this big crowd and all this noise and ruckus and this one little sick lady who's been sick for years touches him and he doesn't even, and he stops and he says, someone touched me. And the disciples, just as I would have done, the disciples were like, Jesus, everyone's trying to touch you. Everyone's touching you. And he said, no, I felt virtue go out of me. Somebody touched me, not just touched me, a lot of people were touching with him on the physical. But to cross the bridge and to get to the supernatural, he says, somebody touched me in faith. Now, I'm not just saying touch me. There's all kinds of people touching Jesus. But he said, someone touched me and believed. Someone touched me in faith. Look what it says in verse 22. And Jesus turned and saw her. And he says, have courage, daughter. Same thing he said earlier. Have courage. Your faith has saved you. It was your faith. It was her faith that saved her. Go on down to verse 23, 24, 25. He finally gets to this man's house who has the dead daughter. All these people are there weeping and wailing and crying over the dead daughter. Jesus shows up and he says something completely crazy. He says, oh, guys, don't worry about it. She's not dead. She's asleep. And the Bible says and they laughed at him. They laughed at him. And, and I like the very next part. So you know what Jesus did? And he packed up his stuff and went home because his feelings got hurt. No. The Bible says he kicked them out. He's like, all right, well, if you're going to laugh, just there, will leave you. Leave. Everyone out. Everyone out. All of you unbelievers, get out. I don't have time for you, and I don't have room for you. And I'm telling you, sometimes in our life, when it comes to doubt and unbelief, there comes a point in your life, sometimes you've got to just kick it out. And just go, you're not welcome here. You're not welcome here. He kicks them out, he goes over, he takes up takes the girl by the hand, life comes back into her body and raises her up. That leads us to the story I really wanted to get to. And then we see, then we see in verse 27. I'm going to read this real quick, verse 27. As Jesus went out from there, two blind men followed him. Now, just the way I am, I'm reading this going, I don't know how blind people were following him, but two blind men were following him, or at least they hoped it was him, and they're calling out and they say, Have mercy, son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David, two blind men. Picture this. Jesus now raised someone from the dead. Now has healed a woman on her way and healed a paralytic man. This is all in one chapter. And now he's walking and he's getting hungry and he's going to someone's house and he's walking down the street and two blind men are standing over here going, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. They recognize who he is. They call out to him just what they're supposed to do. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. It says they followed him. And here's what's crazy about the story. Jesus didn't even slow down. I mean, he didn't even stop. And I find that fascinating. Because in my mind, I would think Jesus would immediately stop. Because they cried out. He didn't even slow down. He didn't even recognize that they were calling. He just flat ignored them. And, and they're following him, crying out, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus just keeps on walking. He walks down the street. He walks into a house, and he sits down for dinner. And I've got to tell you, I've felt like those guys before. If I'm just being honest, i felt like that before. I have felt like I have cried out to God. I have felt like I have, I have done everything I was supposed to do. I'm following you and I'm hurting, and I'm broken, and I have cried out to you, you. I know you hear me. And you didn't even slow down. You didn't even recognize that I was calling out. You ignored me completely. You flat walked away from me. I, is anyone brave enough to say, yeah, I've been there before? Yeah, I, I've, I've called out to God when I did, when He didn't stop. I called out to God when he didn't answer. I called out to God when he didn't turn right around and and ask me what I needed. I've done that. My question is, what do we do when that happens? Here here are these two blind men. They're, They're crying out to God. And they're saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 28 says, And when he entered the house where he was going, this is crazy, the blind men approached him. In other words, Jesus goes down. They're yelling, have mercy on me. He's ignoring them. He walks down. He opens up a door. He goes into a house. And next thing he knows while he's sitting there, here comes these two blind men. (laughs) You're talking about persistence. I'll tell you what true faith creates. It creates persistence. True belief creates Persistence. he's he's in this house now sitting down and all of a sudden he hears at the door these two blind men go, is Jesus in there? And he had to be going, oh boy. They found me. They're blind. How'd they do that? They walk into where he is. That's gutsy. It's gutsy. But but let me show you something. In order to receive from God, sometimes you've got to do some things that are fairly gutsy. Sometimes, sometimes it feels like when you're praying, God's not even answering, and you don't understand why he's not answering. Sometimes it's got to get gutsy. Sometimes you've got to step out in faith. Sometimes you've got to have action and put feet to your faith. And, and they follow him all the way into the house. And Jesus looks at them, and he asks them a question. Not what I would imagine him to ask, because I think I would have been saying, like, how did you find me? Or, or this is a private home. Why are you in here? Or I heard you when you were on the... He didn't, he, he didn't ask you. He just asked this one question. He says this. Do you believe I can do this? I can see them walking in there and going, is Jesus here? And them going, yeah, he's over there at the dining room table. And these two blind guys walking over to him and going, what is the deal? I have been... You heard us. I know you heard us. We've been following you out there going... Son of David, we recognize who you are. Have mercy on us. And you wouldn't even listen. Why didn't you stop? What's wrong with you? You're the son of God. You're supposed to be nice. And you flat ignored us. They walk in. And I don't know what the conversation was. All I know is Jesus looked up at them and said, Do you believe I can do this? One thing I like about Jesus, he didn't beat around the bush a whole lot. He got right to the point. You found me. and You made your way into the house. Do you believe I can do this? To me, I think if I were those blind guys, I think I would say, I literally followed you to the house. I literally came into where you are. I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe. I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe. But Jesus needed to hear them say it. Do you believe that I can do this? Do you believe this? They didn't give up. They didn't slow down. They relentlessly pursued after Jesus. And they make this gutsy move. Jesus says, do you believe? And then look what happens. I like this part. Do you believe that I can do this? And they said to him, I like like the King James Version. And I've said it before here, but it reminds me of a cheerleader. They say, yay, Lord. Yay, Lord. We believe. Right? We believe that you can do it. We believe that you're able to do it. I followed you all the way in the house, so yay, Lord. I believe. I wish I could do a split for you, but I can't do it. I'm not even going to try to do it. I can touch my toes, kind of. But it's scary looking. Yay, Lord, I believe. Do you believe I can do it? Yay, Lord, I believe. Do you believe I can? Yes, I do believe. Do you believe I am able to do that? Yes, I believe. I followed you all the way into this house, and I've trusted you. And even when you felt, even when it felt like you were ignoring me, I continue to ask, and I continue to pray, and I continue to seek you. And when the time is right, yes, I know you can do it. And Jesus was like, well, that's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to know, is do you really believe? And he touched their eyes and said, Let it be done for you according to your faith. According to your faith, let it be done to you. The man with a daughter was moved by his faith, and he went and found Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood was moved by her faith, and trusted and pressed her way through the crowd to touch Jesus. The the two blind men were moved by their faith and pursued after Jesus. The paralytic man was was moved by faith, and they brought him to Jesus. It was by their faith, by their faith, by what they believed. And and the point is this morning that it may not happen how you want. It may not happen when you want. It may not happen where you want, but when you hear the voice of God, let's be moved by our faith. Let's take action and step out and trust that God's in control. Do you believe this morning? Yay, Lord, I believe. Then you're gonna to have to step out. Do you really believe? Yay, Lord, I believe. Then you have to press through the crowd. Yay, Lord, I believe. Well, then why didn't he stop when I prayed? Because it wasn't time yet. He wanted you to come on into the house where he was sitting. But you've got to take that step of action. Faith produces action. The question is this morning, what are you believing for? Are you willing to exercise your faith? Are you willing, You may be going, I don't know if I have the faith. We're going to talk about that next week. I'm not sure if I have the faith. Oh, you have it. We just need to learn to exercise it. We need to learn to exercise.